Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3 Episode 19, it's called Captain's Holiday. So full spoilers for the episode as always, this episode sees Picard under some stress, he's been maybe working, you know, burning at both ends a little bit too long, and everyone on the ship, uh, starting with Troy, and then Crusher, and then Raker, and then everyone just kind of like basically uh, plots and schemes to convince him to take a vacation because he's never really taken one since joining the Enterprise. So he reluctantly agrees to go to this place because they're, they're doing like maintenance on the ship for a week anyway. Nothing major is happening, so they convince yeah, he, him. He's insisting that he needs to be there to oversee it, but he, yeah, he clearly doesn't. So he agrees to go to this, uh, you know, resort planet to just you know sunbathe and read and relax for a week uh but of course once he gets there there's a plot there's a bit of an adventure that ensues a uh, bit of romance even and that is the general idea of the episode i think i would start my my thoughts on this episode with it's very amusing for the first like 10 minutes and then unfortunately the plot starts get to get going and it kind of just plummets downhill from there <laughs> Yeah, it feels like they wanted to do kind of a um, James Bond, Indiana Jones sort of kind of adventure with Picard, and it doesn't really work. Like They're playing all those beats, um, but it just doesn't land for a lot of it. I'm not convinced that it couldn't work necessarily, like, you know, with a story like that with Picard. I think my problem is just that the actual plot itself is so... I don't know, it, it feels so just thrown together. Like, the MacGuffins just, like, Atom from the future is around, and these two oh. fish-looking aliens show up and... Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it couldn't yeah. work either. I'm just saying it doesn't land here. Um, not that it couldn't land. Uh, I, I'm sure with uh, with some capable writing, that that could be uh, a very fun episode with, with that kind of style in mind. I mean, I guess giving him a little, this little adventure and a, a bit of romance for, for a week is something we've not really seen Picard have or, or really do beyond some flirting with Crusher. It, 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 I guess that's kind of the, the, the sell of this episode and why they thought it was a good idea to like do something different, to do something where we barely see the rest of the crew. You know, we see a few of them at the start and the end, but other than that, they're gone. It's just a Picard episode where he's with this woman named Vash, who, uh, which by the way, is a, such an awkward name. <laughs> I'm I'm like eighty percent sure it was intentional, and it's in keeping with the with with uh with Bond girl names. This is their pussy galore, is what you're saying. Oh oh, that's tame on some of the Bond names. You you wouldn't believe. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I really don't want to go digging. So, you know, he 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 goes to the trip. There's there's some fun. There. I mean, because I did. There were some genuine funny moments in the first like five ten minutes. I I I laughed pretty hard. Uh, the, Troy's tactic to make him want to leave the ship for, for the week, saying that her mother was coming by, and you know, Patrick Stewart's performance as he reacts to this, he's like oh really? And then she's like, yeah, and she said how much she was looking forward to seeing you again is that right? Uh, Riker, and, a word. <laughs> yes, and of course, like once he goes in the other room, so like, okay, he actually kind of gets what they're doing here. This this is all just a tactic. Troy it's, knows it's, what she's doing. It's a, th- it's a threat yeah. rather than a, a tactic. Because I bet she could have arranged for her mother to be there and be like, "Look, you can stay and, and, and see her, or you can run for your vacation. That's your choice." 
And what's funny is that that episode that it's kind of... I mean, it's it's referencing two episodes, really, but the main one that it's referencing the last time she showed up, the mother, that actually ended up being a really funny episode that was way better than it had any right to be. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of probably the tone they wanted for this one. And and for the first, like, five, ten minutes, it was kind of doing it. Like, honestly, I could have I could have watched 45 minutes of, of Picard try to read his book and just be constantly interrupted. I could have taken 40 minutes of that and been <laughs> Me too. immensely entertained. I really could have. Him realizing that the statue that Riker asked him to get from the gift shop was some sort of weird, like, hey, I'm out for sex, sort of, like, symbol. <laughs> I, like, I love what he realizes. He's like, damn you, Riker. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and the one little joke I liked at the end was when Riker... Picard just sort of says, he kind of mumbles and says, ah, yes, it was a fine time. And he walks away into his ready room. And Riker just sort of says, goes, yeah, see, I told you to have a good time. Like, that cracked me up. Like, the, the actual holiday antics are amusing. But unfortunately, once the plot gets going, where this woman is hiding this disc from a Ferengi, what's on the disc? Oh, it's the location to a secret artifact. It's actually from the future. And these two fish aliens are also from the future. And they, they read in the history books that Picard's going to find the thing, so they're here to retrieve the thing. And there's so much exposition about what this stupid MacGuffin is. Uh, you know, it's something to do with uh, the nuclear reactions in a star or some bollocks. I, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just all MacGuffin nonsense that doesn't mean anything. The whole point of it is just to give Picard this, like, sort of awkward buddy team-up thing with this woman, which is kind of leading to romance. It does lead to a night of passion in the cave, and it's a side of Picard we've never seen before. But honestly, every step of the way, whether it's the Ferengi holding them at gunpoint, asking them where the disc is, whether it's the actual romantic elements, whether it's when they get to the cave and the aliens show up and they want to see things and... It turns out the woman's actually already found it anyway. You know, Vash already had it and she, she kind of was lying about all this just to sort of trick the Ferengi. And like, all of this stuff, it it just it's just so dull and none of it feels like it really means anything. And and, it's, that's, and I feel like sometimes when I say that, people take that to mean I'm talking about it, it's not important to continuity. Very few episodes of this show uh, have heavy continuity outside of, you know, character continuity. The, the important and many episodes have felt very important in their own right uh, th this is purely a criticism of how the writing in this episode doesn't make any of its actual plot feel either special or unique or fun Just relevant relevant i mean even even that's fairly contextual in the sense that okay if this is supposed to be a pulpy adventure with picard then it shouldn't necessarily feel that relevant in the grand scheme of things what but what it should feel is that it's like Picard's much-needed release, and I don't actually think it achieves that. <laughs> like, I There's like it... one scene in the middle of the plot that I think works, and it's when they, you know, uh, they go down to, to sleep, and, and they're like, oh, admit it, you're enjoying this. And, you know, him having to be like, yeah, all right, you know, relaxing isn't really for me. This is, you know, him getting his teeth into something, but something unofficial uh, is, is enjoyable for him. That's like a, a nice beat. It's just kind of thrown out there in the middle of it. I actually think the whole aliens from the future element is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It's extremely tacked on. It's the the problem I think I have with it is that 
if you want to give this fun pulpy vibe where it is just kind of a rompy thing with there's this future alien thing where they actually might be lying and they might be evil aliens from the future who want this for for their own you know nefarious schemes that just adds so much like like pretend stakes to what's going on that it's hard to just enjoy the jovial nature of what the plot's supposed to feel like and let's not forget that that element of actually being suspicious of them is just kind of thrown out there in the last like three minutes oh yeah it's right at the very end uh because every time something comes up vash then brings up new exposition about where she got the information from or this scientist she used to work with or what the ferengi did and how she stole the thing like every like it's every couple of minutes there's like new exposition adding more details to the backstory and it, it just it just lost me like very quickly even the first time that he comes to speak to her because he she, she hides the uh, the disc in his pocket when he's trying to leave her at the the beach side or the pool side and he comes to like sort of say hey you're looking for this and she's like yeah sorry i had it on you that scene then devolves into her just explaining what she's looking for yada yada and he kind of he's already met the aliens at this point so he's like ah well you're looking for this aren't you and the entire conversation just it it was everything i don't like about you know when i talk about not liking spy movies i feel like this is the type of thing i don't like and obviously there's better written spy movies and there's there's better examples of it that do it better but this is kind of what a lot of those things feel like to me is this this scene and this plot i get it i can't help but feel like this episode is just framed in the wrong place i think so all, all these stories that she, that she's telling about how she acquired this and oh this is what it's going to do i feel like if you kind of force picard to have to help her acquire it and keep it away from the ferengi and, and actually kind of go down that route it's maybe more fun rather than doing the the aliens from the future yeah it, honestly i, I kind of wish the stakes weren't actually that good if, if anything it feels like it's crying out for a joke ending where the thing that they're fighting over is actually just something completely worthless and unimportant you know it's mm. some sort of like hey none of this was actually that big of a deal it was just like the the, the two of them were treating it this way and picard kind of got roped into it and that's kind of because because there's even there's actually a really meta line at the start that i like when crusher comes into uh convince them to go on a holiday and she's like hey you know there's a crew member who's you know, stressed, and he's he's working too hard, he needs a vacation, and he, he quickly realizes she's talking about him, and he's saying, oh, well, maybe I can make a few hours in the holodeck or something. He's like, no, screw the holodeck, you have to do something real. I almost felt like a meta joke there of like, yes, it's always the holodeck, yes, let's actually do something that's away somewhere else, mm. and, and but at the same time, bizarrely, it kind of still feels like a holodeck episode. <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from with that sentiment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I just feel like the stuff right at the start between you know on the holiday with him uh you know uh, getting interrupted by the ferengi and then by her and then kind of getting caught up in the middle of them that had so much potential to be fun like just to kind of get caught in between those two yeah but it, it very quickly devolves into oh no this is a serious thing yeah if it had been like this series of hijinks where he keeps trying to just stay away from it. and it's almost like just a comedy episode where he no matter what he does he ends up in the middle of their dispute like yeah it, i think it'd be interesting to see him taking each you know like so he starts off on on, on vash's side here and then he's like oh, hang on i don't trust you this and ends up t- you know taking the ferengi side and the next thing and kind of going back and forth between them almost yeah just i think what i'm describing is just something more fun and i get that there's a plot of this is supposed to be fun but honestly the actual plot itself 
Uh, whether it's just because it's a series of tropes that feel familiar, whether it's because the writing just isn't there to make it work. But honestly, all I felt was just a series of tropes about a MacGuffin, and it's the type of, like... And I hate to call any kind of writing lazy, because writing's very hard, but it feels lazy in this sense because I can just see the, the matrix code of it. I can ju- I can just see the MacGuffin. We talk about MacGuffin. We go for MacGuffin. We need MacGuffin. MacGuffin's very important. Let's band together to get MacGuffin. And even can like, we stop saying MacGuffin, please? And her, even Vash's character, she's very kind of like... You know, she's Marianne. She's Marianne from, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, she's, she's that character. She's feisty. Yeah. She's like she's she's just that exact archetype it's 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 why i say this this feels like it's you know like a cross between uh, a bond and indiana jones and there's just it's not really nailing the the best elements of either um and, and it just kind of falls flat because of that but I, bond- I like the the idea of of doing those episodes bond doesn't have best elements sharp screw you bond has great the, the clear inspiration of bond on indiana jones is it, it, so so much to talk about in that regard there, there are so many best elements yeah 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 bond sucks there's something really troubling about your episode when my complaint is is once the plot got started <laughs> it fell apart like that that, that is literally like I, I was enjoying just grumpy picard dealing with the surroundings and him trying to do something normal and it becoming more of a a generic story you know and not even generic to star trek for sake of star trek doesn't do this particular story that ever if often right but the fact that it just becomes this generic archetype of a thing and keep in mind this episode aired in what like 1989 1990 something like that so that this would have been right after last crusade in terms of like theater releases this has been right around yeah, then that's uh fresh in people's minds you know it's in, yeah. in the zeitgeist so it's it's hard not to see that even what they're wearing when they're going off and they're, they're digging and you know she's even an archaeologist i think she says that at one point so she does and at the end she's like oh yeah any any space for, for an archaeologist on, on the ship yeah uh and the truth be told i mean i don't think we're ever supposed to like want them to stay together it was never meant to be that type of relationship it was always going to be a fling that was just a, a one and done but even in that capacity, I just I, I found that, I found it really hard to care or, or want to get into it because there's definitely examples of this in other TV shows where I'll I'll know going in this is clearly just a one episode thing, but it's still important to the character's progression or at the very least it's a it, in and of itself it'll be engaging in and of itself it'll prove to to play on the characters' tendencies and tropes and challenge them even to get these different reactions and I think that's why when we talk about those first 10 or so minutes yeah like this is picard in this situation we've not seen him in and he's being challenged and we're seeing how he reacts to this that and never just just the fact that he's in a bathing we're, we're suit and being... he's sitting and he's sitting there and you know someone's a ferengi in his shadow and he's complaining about the the you know the sun being blocked it's a different situation to what we're used to seeing him and it's challenging in a way that feels in character so it, it is because it feels very familiar for him to be grumpy like that so when it gets to the plot and it just devolves into no this is just adventure plot a that feels like some direct-to-video knockoff of a famous movie franchise it it just anything interesting about it just goes out the window and i and it's not like painful to sit through but it still might be my least favorite episode of the season i, I think i think the the sheer just 
nothingness. I think, it, I think it would be harsh to call it the worst episode of the season. I ever said that. I said uh, it's my no, least no, no. I, I know. I'm, I'm getting that. I'm saying. I think it would be harsh to call it the worst, but least favorite might be a fair terminology for it. Yeah, I, I think it bothers me more because it just. Well, so, we've said this in the past that sometimes an aggressively mediocre thing is worse than something that's actively bad because it's just it's 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 more unengaging. Oh yeah, watch. we've we've said that a bunch of times, but I, I think this is this is different even to that in the sense that I mean, yeah, it's still true for this, but the the fact that it it went out of its way to do a thing, it went out of its way to do this story, this this you know we're we're going to do Indiana Jones, we're going to do this type of thing. And just play the beats of it, and it's not that that's a bad thing in the, in the larger sense. I, I love diehard episodes of TV shows. I love Twelve Angry Men episodes of TV shows. Many examples of these things have been done where they'll take the the, the famous movie archetype of a thing and do it, and it can work really well, and it can it can be their own spin on things. It's fun seeing Veronica Mars in Twelve Angry Men because of the type of character she is. She fits into that world, and maybe the, the sad truth is is that Jean Luc Picard just doesn't fit into Indiana Jones. I feel like Riker would have been a better fit. Yeah, I'd have still been bored though. I think to be honest. I mean, in terms of if if you take the exact writing of this and swap in Riker, I, I'm not saying that would have improved it. I just mean in concept, Riker is probably a better fit for that Indiana Jones archetype than than Picard. Yeah. Yeah, the, I guess because the adventurous element is just kind of against what I think of as Picard and what I think of Picard doing. I don't know. Like, if anything, the best ending to this episode would be like he'd finally solved the solution, you know, the, the, the conflict between the woman and the Ferengi and then sat down and he finally got to read his book. So the, the, the closing title just comes up over him just reading his book. You know, executive yeah. producer. <laughs> yeah, maybe him throwing away Riker's little statue or something. <laughs> you know, that, that would have been the perfect ending to to a, a, an episode full of hijinks. Uh, so, it's not that like I wanted a serious story. I, I wasn't looking for Measure of a Man here. I, no, I, the, I, first, the first 10 minutes set you up for that kind of fun... Even reminding us of that last episode with, with Troy's mother yeah. makes you think, okay, I want this kind of fun episode. And then it, it starts teasing that and then just goes, ah, forget it, we're bored of that now. Well, I wouldn't phrase it like that. It's just that 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 implies a weird, really weird writing system. But what what it does do is that it becomes something where it just it just it does something that Star Trek's not known for or good at. Yeah, and that's that's basically it. It just it, it tries to do something that it just isn't good at. And there sometimes you go. trying something different and something good uh, is is a is a good thing, right? It, it pushes the boundaries of the shows forward. And other times, it's uh, it's this. I'm not so sure I would count just let's do Indiana Jones as trying something different and pushing boundaries. No, I wouldn't either. I just mean in the sense in general, tries it like. I mean, it's maybe it's not something that Star Trek's done before, but I, I, you know, what I mean, it's other, not. Other things have definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've not disputed that. Um, I meant new, f- different for this show in particular. Uh, I, I mean, I've heard stories from TV writing rooms where they'll be breaking down a season of TV, and they'll literally just say, "Oh, we should do a Die Hard episode, or we should do this." And for some shows, that's fine, and depending on what archetype you're doing, that works. I mean, hell. We've even had kind of almost diehard on the Enterprise at one point, and that can work because it's it's a uh, someone running about in the Enterprise, and we have to we have to do something about it. That could totally work, um, and like you say, maybe Riker is the Indiana Jones. But to be honest, 
whenever Star Trek tries to do something like this on, on a planet or on somewhere where it tries to make the adventure more about our character with a, with a supporting cast member, it tends to suffer more often than not. It does. And, and funnily enough, the best examples of this style of episode have actually been the holodeck ones with like the, the Sherlock Holmes or the detective ones where they've kind of really leaned into it, really gone for it. And because they're in the holodeck, they can lean into the trappings even more so. Mm. I think that commitment to it actually has made those episodes work better than than this where it tries to do, okay, it's that movie, but it tries to do it in a, in a relevant real context to Star Trek's time period as opposed to the holodeck where they could just, oh, we'll just say in that time period, it's fine. Yeah. I still maintain this feels like a holodeck episode. Just to, It just happens to not be in the holodeck. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I agree, but I think uh, it actually suffers by not being in the holodeck because it's forced to feel like, no, no, this is the current day, you know, and, and this is where we are in the world and not just, ah, screw it, we'll say in the 1930s, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know if I actually agree that being in the holodeck would make it any better, but, I mean, that's just... I don't know. I I just I don't I don't think the story they were trying to tell here with Picard really works for them. So I I, I think it was just an idea that was kind of DOA. Uh, and it, I mm. mean the fact that the first the first, one of the first things I said was here's what I wish the episode was based on the first five minutes. And if I'm doing that, then it usually means the rest of the episode what they chose to do with their story just didn't work for me. That is uh, episode nineteen. Hopefully we get something better next time. So let's look ahead to episode twenty. Uh, we have an episode called Tin Man. I'm assuming a data episode, but I could be wrong. Uh, nothing about the description, but here, here's, the, here's the description of IMDb. The Enterprise reaches out to an alien being while dancing around with the Romulans who want to attack in an act of vengeance. So, very vague. Not a whole lot to go but on. Potential. Anytime, anytime there's Romulans involved, right? Yeah, no, no. Uh, I have no concerns based on anything it just said. So, you know, and, you know, things have been mostly pretty great. We've had a couple of weaker ones uh, here, but like, you know what? They, they, they've earned some weaker ones. <laughs> they, they had a really good run there for a little bit. We're, we're kind of letting them off because uh, we, we had such a good, I don't know, six to eight episodes or so in the middle of the season where it's like, eh, okay, fine. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be the stinkers. Like, the, the, there is. I, th- I think it it's. It's a little bit more irritating having them in, in batches like this where, okay, all the good ones were really concentrated in one area. And while that's great while you're in those episodes, it's kind of frustrating on either side. I mean, it's only been two. I mean... It's two for now, but I, I'm just, you know... Yeah, but it's a bit... You're stretching a bit to just assume that we're in a block of shit. I'm not saying it's necessarily shit. I'm saying I... I kind of expecting right now for it to, to not live up to some of the other episodes but I mean it can prove me wrong yeah um, so Tin Man's uh, next time so let us know you thought of this one in the comments below you can like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the Twitters for mail for channel updates if you want to support the show and the channel you do it a couple of ways you can like on YouTube uh, that helps us out a lot it tells YouTube algorithm that you recommend us out to other people and YouTube will promote us out to people and recommended videos and things like that. Uh, you can also support us financially over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. So go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Star Trek. And remember that when it comes to the ladies...
Statue or no statue, Wesley Crusher is in complete control.